geeked up. It's time to get geeked up to stand up. Comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no shows the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 23 of the Geeked Up Podcast. I'm Devin Barnes. With me always is the Richard Lewis to my Larry David, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Welcome I to- invented yo, yo, yo. <laughs> hey, where'd you get a yo, yo, yo from? <laughs> Liam Whalen, 89, said yo, yo, yo for the first time. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Another fine episode of the Geeked Up Podcast, episode 23. But remember to always check back to our last Geeked Up Game Time, episode 21, which is, uh, you know, it's a little out there. It's a little yeah, crazy. Yeah, out of sequential order, like a weird Tarantino movie. That's right. You're going to watch, you're going to listen to Geeked Up 23 and then Geeked Up 21 Game Time. It's very Twin Peaksy of us, you know. <laughs> We're keeping it yeah, uh, very sci-fi here. At the, uh, but it was a good one, definitely. We played yeah. the uh, Geeked Up Unnecessary Origin Story game where we came up with some of our favorite unnecessary uh, origin stories yeah, for uh, you know a bunch <laughs> of different wacky title. tv movie characters we picked and uh, you got to tune in found out uh you know who we got what we did what was your favorite what did you come up with so remember to listen to that one that's uh, episode 21 of geeked up game time yeah definitely and send us an email you can step in the prize because send us your best origin story mm-hmm. make up your own but you got to listen to the game time to l- know the rules the parameters to follow yeah, that's right to send your you email don't. And then step in the prize closet yourself. And of course, that email is thegeekeduppodcast at gmail.com. That's the geeked. You got to put that the in there, folks. The geeked up podcast at Gmail. That's we right. switched our we switched from AOL last year, and uh, <laughs> that's right. We're, Gmail we're off a of Hotmail and onto Gmail. But of course, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes and Facebook. Look us up; you'll find us. Of course, it's the geeked up for all those. Yes, yes. Not the reeked up, the geeked up. <laughs> but uh, you know, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I keep saying it, but uh, before we kick things off, we always like to keep things uh, you know happy here, Chippy. We got a couple of uh, RIPs here this week <laughs> at the old Geeked Up podcast. Yeah, last uh, we came at you last week with debuted our new bit, the uh, Geeked Up Birthday Salute. For the first time in entertainment history, we're looking at uh, celebrities' birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Giving you a shout out, and already people have going been going wild with this. I've already seen like eight different shows do this since we've done it. <laughs> I know, seriously, they're ripping us off. It's they're like, reeked up in us over here, yeah, big time, big time. You know, but we wanted to keep it more light. Now, you know, it's our comeback episode. We took the summer off. We don't want to start bumming anybody out with the RIPs. So we debuted the birthday news. But this mm-hmm. week, unfortunately, we're forced the DOBs, not the RIPs, to get back into huh? the. Huh? <laughs> See what, See what I did there? Huh? The DOBs, not the RIPs. But yeah, we're getting back to it. Uh, get back to normal, like Liam's saying. And the uh, this year, a couple. This week, a couple of uh, huge ones too. A couple of heavy hitters in the geeked yeah. up world. Really big flags time. flying at half mass for sure <laughs> in the geeked up cathedral lobby or whatever. Yeah, and of course. Uh, so I'm going to say the first one, the first RIP we got this week is, uh, of course, Frank Vincent. Frank Vincent, yes. Now, that's a tough one. I guess there was a time in uh, Frank Vincent's career where everybody assumed he would be 
best remembered as go get your fucking shine box. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that got hilariously beaten to death by Pesci and De Niro and Goodfellas yeah. after requesting Tommy gets his fucking shine. Now get your fucking now shine you box. Get your fucking shine and box. And probably the greatest quote in movie history. Or when they're sitting around eating dinner at, right afterwards at Joe Pesci's mom's house, and there's a picture of him pretty much on the wall. He's like, look who he fucking looks like. <laughs> yeah. You take away the beard, the yeah. This <laughs> dog's looking east. This dog's looking west. The guy in the middle is like, and what do you fucking want from me? looks like Frank Vincent yeah, sitting in yeah. the middle yeah. <laughs> as he's laying in the back of the truck. But, yes, Billy Bats, he uh, talks shit to Tommy. And then ended up getting Pesci killed in the end. You know, he was a made guy. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. they weren't. Which is kind of a funny thing when you think of looking at Goodfellas, too. A thing like that whole time, like, you're just watching a movie about a bunch of Christophers. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, none of them are made guys. Yeah, they're, yeah, all, just they're all just, like, the lackey. The also best part about Goodfellas, I think it's been brought up before, but in that movie, Pesci is supposed to be, like, a 23-year-old, <laughs> yeah. like, like, mobster youngster. <laughs> like, you, that's, like, a part of the movie that gets lost when you watch, like, this fucking hilarious old man Pesci be, be the greatest mobster. I'm just a 23-year-old kid. I don't know any better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's just a yeah, <laughs> but we're not talking about Pesci. We're talking about Frank Vincent. Like you said, you would think that that would be the role he would be remembered After a role for. Like that, yeah. You're in the uh, Mafia Entertainment Hall of Fame, but but uh, oh no, he was uh, to me he would always be uh, Phil Leotardo from The Sopranos. Yes, boss of the uh, Brooklyn family. I don't think I could say that any less it- on Italian. Phil Leotardo. <laughs> Leotardo. Leotardo. <laughs> But uh, there's even a whole thing where they talk about like how they come from like Leonardo or something. You remember that whole like speech he gives? Like, then we had to change our names to Leonardo, <laughs> and uh, how he was done wrong at Ellis Island. How the Leonardo, how yeah. the Leonardo family was done wrong at Ellis Island. And to me, that was always one I of the things remember. that bugged me about the end of The Sopranos too. Was about like just like for what no reason New York was like, all right, we'll treat you with you and kill Leotardo. It was like, yeah, why? seriously, like, why exactly? New York is just, winning. Like, why exactly what's the point? They just have Leotardo take over. That was definitely what I was hoping for. Yeah. Would have been a great way to end the show because the show is about The Sopranos. So mm-hmm. there'd be no reason for the show to necessarily carry on if Tony had died, you know what I mean? That would have been the logical end of the exactly. Sopranos. So I felt like it would have been a, like a, a logical season end for Phil Leotardo to kill Tony. The mafia world would continue. And with a great Leotardo setup for a spin-off series. Uh, yeah, leave it open for a potential spin-off. <laughs> yeah, like, kidding me? For a potential spin-off series or movie. But it would have been like, that would have been a good life cycle. A glimpse in, the Sopranos was a glimpse into the life of Tony Soprano. Frank Vincent has that. Frank Vincent killing would have been a logical yeah. way to end. Hell yeah. Know? Way better than the onion ring scene anyway. <laughs> but he had a lot of classic scenes in that movie. Yeah. The best was when he had to take Johnny Cakes' like fucking fat goth son out <laughs> for ice cream. Like, uh, b- before sending him to boarding school, but after murdering his dad. Yeah. <laughs> and still yelling at him, eat the fucking ice cream. <laughs> that was another good one. Well, when uh, Johnny Sachs has to go back to jail after, like, his daughter's wedding and starts crying, crying, and, like, Phil the entire is just so disgusted <laughs> by it. Yeah, well, his Cinderella, his, uh, oh, what does he say? His uh, cherry turned back into a pumpkin real quick. <laughs> you see him crying like Cinderella. <laughs> But yeah, definitely one of the all-time uh, best characters in The Sopranos. If you were looking, like, if you were into The Sopranos for like hilarious mafia character antics, you'd need to look no further than Phil, Phil Leotardo and Christopher. For, <laughs> and I guess I guess it was all about like Christopher and Phil Leotardo and Polly Walnuts for all of like your hilarious mafia-related activity. For sure, yeah. The rest of the guys delved more into like their family, you know. But still, a big R.I.P. to uh, 
Frank Vincent, you know. Yeah, so R.I.P. to Frank Vincent. And if uh, it couldn't get any worse than that, another big R.I.P. This one is more of my alley in the uh, world of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. But perhaps the greatest ever uh, wrestling manager and announcer, Bobby the Brain Heenan, passes. Yeah. After a uh, very long wrestling life, died like I don't know. Had to be into his seventies anyway, which by uh, wrestling standards is definitely sure he was. Made uh, it is all looking rough, dude. <laughs> not, not looking great in his old. Yeah, uh, they never are. Didn't they age never, with grace. <laughs> <laughs> they never do. They never quite look well towards the end. But, but Bobby the Brain Heenan, all, one of the all-time classics. Classic manager, trash talking, narcissistic. You know what I mean? Like fat, out of shape, old guy that was always talking about how his guy <laughs> was going to kick your guys. And he had like a great like. Ironic, especially as an announcer, he had a great like ironic unawareness as to who the fans would like to be talking about it. Like, <laughs> well, you know, like all the kids are going to be heartbroken if Hulk Hogan beats up the uh, beloved Big Boss Man. It's like, you know no, I mean? we hate the Big Boss <laughs> yeah. Man. Like, wait a minute. So We're all Hulkamaniacs. He would go to every city and then claim to be that city's like most beloved son. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the man that made Las Vegas famous. And looked down his nose at all of the ham and eggers out there. He brought the, world, he brought the term ham and egger to the world. <laughs> Managed the greats of Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Big yes, time. Yes, big yeah, time. See, is that being as the bigger wrestler fan, though? Like, I still saw like every wrestler was tweeting this out. Just two things. Like One, he was, I learned, was one, he was beloved in the wrestling circuit. And two, that like it's... Wrestlers tweeting is like the funniest thing to me in the world. <laughs> it's just their big dumb hands being like, all right, P. Trying to get sentimental. Bobby, yeah. Touch the hearts of many yeah. Hulkamaniacs out there. <laughs> they always have to throw their catchphrases. Like, just thinking of pictures like the totally Mickey Rourke like sitting down with their glasses and like on their computers. Yeah. Ah, Jesus. One of my favorite Heenan gimmicks was one year on a... Mother's Day, there was like a pay-per-view or an event or something going on, and he spent all the uh, the whole pay-per-view giving updates on various gifts that his mother had got him throughout the thing. <laughs> he was like, come on, it's Mother's Day. you got to make your mom give you gifts on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> just always bizarrely yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lot of just very antagonistic, like very blatant asshole uh, moves going on by the weasel. Did he ever wrestle, or was he... Uh, get dragged into he the He'd get thrown in every now and then, yeah. as they do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for Christ, I've seen Trump wrestle at this point. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> got these one moves. He yeah. took his bumps. <laughs> as they do, you know. So I guess a big R.I.P. then to poor old Bobby the Brain Hennon. I guess if he had a catchphrase, we Bobby would... the Brain Heenan. Heenan. Hennon. Heenan. <laughs> Bobby Heenan. It was, it was uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. But uh, that's Bobby where, the Brain Heenan. That's where I'm getting it mixed Both up. Both are dead, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, one for sure. Yeah, one one's for definitely sure. dead. So R.I.P. Bobby the Brain, the yeah. Weasel, and of course as well, a big R.I.P. to Frank Vincent. You can also get Frank Vincent's book, A, a Guide's <laughs> Guide to Being a Man's Man, oh, which yeah. is a hilarious. Like that was after The Sopranos ended. And all of the Sopranos were just trying to, like, cash in on their uh, Italian American yeah, yeah, yeah. mobster image. And they were all coming out with, like, Goomba cookbooks. <laughs> and, like, how do Italian guys dress? Buy Sil <laughs> fucking from the Springsteen bands. Like, uh, wardrobe catalog. Oh, man. That was his, a guy's guide to being a man's man? It was a guy's guide to being a man's man. <laughs> Hell, yeah. So definitely check that out. It'll be good. And, you know... Books like that, art, they move a lot when the uh, yeah, artist... Post, post when the art, Oh, man. Top seller, that one will be. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. But, of course, let's not keep it totally dark. We'll keep going on with the same old new segment we did from the last episode. 
Not RIPs, but DOBs. A couple yeah, uh, bummed, yeah. Now we'll cheer you up, you know. We'll get you back uh, back in the geeked up mind frame here. Some celebrity birthday news. So the first big birthday goes out to a big geeked up birthday salute goes out to uh, Gary Cole, which is like the poor man Stephen Root. Yeah, the poor man Stephen Root. It's interesting. At the beginning of the geeked up show, we were thinking about either uh, doing the Stephen Root game. Another man on the short list was Gary Cole. For sure. From the man who does everything category. Ironically, probably also best known for his role in Office Space. Exactly. It was like both of their breakout performance. It's As true. he was the uh, boss who's going to go ahead and make you have to uh, watch Office Space again yeah. now a bunch of times. Uh, he's going to need you to come in on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you know we're still open at the same time. That asshole. The guy he's that was always making uh, Ron Livingston check up on the TPS reports. <laughs> yeah. What a piece whatever. of shit. <laughs> but yeah, so a big, uh, big happy birthday to Gary Cole. But just like the RIPs, we got another huge birthday today. Huge birthday, and probably soon to be a R.I.P. <laughs> George R. R. Martin, the George creator R. of uh, Game of Thrones and the Ice Fire. I like Fire. to think of he's George R. R. Martin. You know, uh, his R. He's R. Martin. R. Martin. <laughs> R. Martin. Big uh, birthday, thank God, and not an R.I.P. for him. <laughs> he's still got two books to crank out. Yeah, but, seriously, uh, he's not, your, your work's not done here yet, Martin. Yeah, Don't go dying on us before the next happy birthday salute here. But I looked it up, too, but surprisingly younger. Like He's like 69. Like, holy shit, that guy's not in his 70s? <laughs> like, it's pretty annoying. Well, I mean, he's only been like famous for the last fucking five years. Or sure, whatever, so but he looks he's... like a 78-year-old man. As like a 69-year-old man, I'd be like very offended. That everyone well, the world just... of wizardry is uh, stressful. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to look like a wizard. <laughs> It's kind of an offensive thing if you're like 68, 69, people are like, write this before you're dead. And he's like, Jesus Christ, I'm uh, 68 years old, 69 years old. So happy birthday, buddy. You know, big fans. Yeah, seriously. Show, of course. Uh, yeah. But yeah, big happy birthday to those guys. Uh, sad RIP to the other guys. Yeah. But enough of the birthdays and the RIPs and the uh, emails. Let's uh, <laughs> get into the show. And of course, let's kick it off with the news. A little Rick news, Rick 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 news, news. Don't Anchor, get the blues. News, news. <laughs> but um, last week we talked a lot about like the big movie news. We like gave DC their little block of news and everything. But yeah, uh, last uh, week was kind of more about the movies. We went through all the summer movies we missed, and we talked about the DC. What's going on in the DC camp? And uh, but this one we're gonna kind of do a little more focus on one of my favorite uh, categories of entertainment because I don't have to leave my couch. But uh, a little TV news, big uh, movies that aren't as long and are for free. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to uh, put on a shirt to watch them. So exactly. they're not too bad either. You know, and I mean? you break the episodes up into hours for me, so I don't <laughs> have to just fall asleep and remember where I was watching last. <laughs> But, um, of course, how are we going to talk about TV without the biggest TV news? And, of course, it was the uh, biggest event in showbiz, TV show business, the Emmys. Yes, the Super Bowl for television, mm-hmm. which you'd think it'd be the Super Bowl, but no, it's actually the Emmys. <laughs> 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 Correct. Yeah, surprisingly enough. I think it was this was the 69th Emmys, I think. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> uh, 69, bro. <laughs> but I think it was. Yeah, it was the uh, 69th annual Emmy Television Awards, of course, hosted by uh, Stephen Colbert. I, I Colbert. think this was, was this his first. I think this was his hosting? first. I think so. 
he did a uh, you know he did a Colbert esque job. Yeah, he did a very Colbert esque job. It was a very say, uh, you know he was singing and dancing. Colbert loves like his dance numbers, mm-hmm. as we found out mm-hmm. very early on in the Colbert show. He loves his dance numbers and he hates Trump <laughs> and uh, both things which he did as the host of the Emmys. Yeah, and we got a healthy dosage of it right off the top. And I think perhaps Colbert may be a little bit of an interesting choice, too, because, you know what I mean, his fame has kind of fallen over the last couple of years, I'd say, since he joined on as the late-night replacement mm-hmm. for David Letterman. Or well, whatnot. which I remember when we talked about that, we did the uh, David Letterman retirement episode, and I think we even did Who Should We Replace Him. But uh, I always thought Colbert was an interesting choice, just because yeah. he was that character, that political, like comedy character. For sure. So it always seemed like a weird thing for him, like not to be playing the character of Steve Colbert per se. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It was an interesting choice from that aspect that he was more of you know him leaving the character that was beloved on the Colbert Show, mm-hmm. giving you his own identity. And then since then, he hasn't really been very popular. He's now like fallen big time in the ratings to uh, Fallon and whatnot, you know. And he hasn't really, and then in this kind of divisive post-Trump time, a night like the Emmys, you'd think maybe they wouldn't want to get a divisive figure out there. That's I mean, whoever's up there is going to make some Trump comments. Sure. But to get a guy that's kind of known for being like a you know politically oriented comic or whatnot, maybe kind of like forcing the hand of all of the Trump bashing or whatnot. Okay. Yeah. In the uh, from the TV from you know ABC standpoint, having Colbert host the Emmys. No, that so. was uh, a lot of the opening monologue was about how much Trump wants an enemy Emmy, you know what I mean? He used to have the um the so you're fired, the apprentice, you're fired, you're fired. Mm, best show ever. <laughs> but it never won an enemy and, and now like, it's Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Which you're, uh, you're currently very hot and bursting into flames. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna sue you if you say you're fired. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you can't say that. You'll be back you're burning. You'll be back never <laughs> <laughs> You won't be back. You won't be back, you're terminated. <laughs> Oh, your Terminator is probably <laughs> yeah. what he says. Actually. I think he does say that. Actually, I really think you should say you are really hot and bursting <laughs> into flames. But I think Terminator <laughs> is probably more TV show kind of catchphrase. Yeah, although yours is uh, definitely <laughs> definitely would be watching that one. But it was a lot of just like bashing of Trump. Of course, like you said, like Colbert, like just bring it to it. And it was, one of my favorite reviews of the Emmys was just from some. Uh, Local yokel that was like it was a friend of a friend of mine of Florida, which is a great title to have. Yeah. I want to. Uh, the local I really yokel. hope I'm in Jersey, known as a local yokel. And it was somebody that just wrote, "Is like, hey, <laughs> forgot the Emmys were on tonight. Anybody even watching it?" And one of the responses was, "Yeah, I'm going to watch a room of snowflake liberals sitting around and bashing my president. Think not." <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what the opening 40 minutes was." I suppose. Well, there was even a so political even uh, involved a WWF style uh, run in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sean Spicer had the audacity to come out there and like playing Sean Spicer. Yeah, it's like. Kind of making fun of, like, stuff he said, like, in real life. Like, it's not an SNL skit, dude. Like, you really were. Yeah, like, now he's, like, playing the character of Sean Spicer. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, but... Remember that dude that said all those outlandish things as the uh, like, spokesman for Trump? Melissa McCarthy's got that job. Like, Sean Spicer. <laughs> like, it's been taken. But, like, yeah. literally came out there like that. Like, Colbert that made... the guy that claimed that there was large, the largest ever turnouts for the Trump inauguration. That was me. Yeah. Aren't I, like, a lovable, evil liar <laughs> to all of you people? <laughs> and everybody was like... 
Yeah, the crowd didn't seem like all like too forgiving. They weren't like if you look at everyone's faces, they weren't all just like, "Oh, all right, welcome, Sean. <laughs> welcome to the good side." I don't know. I felt that they kind of were. It felt like the shock really did like win everybody over, and everybody was like so excited at the moment, like they were so caught yeah. by surprise that they like fed off of that. Shawnee boys. Yeah, they were just like they really were at first, just like wow, like a politics person. Holy shit, didn't see this coming. Exactly. And though, then they were like, "Wait a minute, this guy's an asshole." Like Melissa McCarthy looked like. Like noticeably disturbed though. I was well, like, I well, I could have done that. Yeah, oh, oh, I see. Didn't she you win? think that maybe she was uh, hoping that she should have gone? <laughs> yeah, <out there> and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is exactly minute, what I'm, I'm saying. Right here, if they yeah. wanted to spice her bit, I could have. Obviously, I have that roll bank. <laughs> yeah, she seemed a little upset. Who better to do spicer than uh, especially because she won an Emmy for like playing spicer. You know what I mean? Like she won as like I think of the host, best female host. Yes, apparently, yeah, I guess that was one of the, uh, I guess, kicking off the Emmys, winners and losers list, but that was uh, one of the unaired Emmys was, what did she win for, like, best uh, Yeah, like, segment, yeah, like, opening monologue, I think it was, like, her... She won for female, and I think Chappelle won for... Uh, yeah, Chappelle, I think, won for, you know, one one of, like, the variety sketches, I think, for his monologue mm-hmm. in the post-Trump election. Like, well, because when they gave post- an award together, they uh, he said it. He's like, we both are uh, Emmy winners. We're both Emmy winners right here. And surprisingly, it was the first Emmy for Chappelle. The Chappelle show never won an Emmy. What I guess isn't surprising really? or not, but... I mean, That's even kind of killing surprising. Softly, or even Killing Him Softly, his comedy special, they do give awards yeah, they do. for, like, the comedy specials and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So, it's kind of surprising he's never I won. I think one. I read that. I, I, I might that. not be too surprised. That's one of I the most uh, viable things I've ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better than Mike D is a cousins with Screech. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Screech's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the play that the <laughs> play of Chicago <laughs> is about the band. Is about the band Chicago <laughs> and not the city. <laughs> That's a good one. That's I don't think a, it's a bootleg era. Uh, bootleg era musical. Yeah, you're gonna do sure uh, the band Chicago. <laughs> you're gonna have to dig deep in the uh, geeked up uh, vaults for that one. Yeah, head us up in I Town, y'all. Like, <laughs> Want to know what we're talking about? But, but um, I guess yeah, we can like say disappointingly for me, there was no uh, Stranger Things won nothing. Yeah, which is, no, uh, Stranger Things got kind of shut out. Which, Which I was rooting for. I was rooting for, uh, I think, like, Eleven, the little girl, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> I think her name is that. Like, Millie Brown, Millie Brown Bobby. But, like, she what was... she have her best actress that didn't say a word for the entire <laughs> yeah. fucking series? Of I the... think she was, like best, of, like, best supporting actress, like, in a drama series. Okay. And I just right, would like to see her win because I've seen her in <laughs> other interviews and she's already, like... Very sure that she's going to be a movie star. Like it's, oh, she really? seems very evident. Like if there's interviews with her and the other kids, like she's already Did like, don't talk ki- to me, children. <laughs> I'm doing an interview. Then you guys get to get these your children part. away yeah, from me. Exactly. She's talking about the cast of like, Stranger. So I was just really looking forward to her like condescending. The, cast of the kids like, of Stranger Things. Did they come out and present? I would have been surprised to get all the kids together on stage. I didn't see them. No, I didn't see them. No, nothing. Because they were one of the big TV stories. Yeah, and they I guess were. that's in addition to Stranger. Things getting shown, and I guess kind of like for the geeked up show world, anyway. The kind of the big TV shows of the where we're getting the geeked up Emmys, shows that would be getting awards. Stranger Things, boom. Mm. Game of Thrones, boom. Walking Dead, boom. Yeah. Game of Thrones being in an off year, they're not involved in the Emmys this year. Walking Dead never quite gets Emmy recognition. Yeah, the people never get it. So for me, I felt like the overall was kind of like a lame roster of candidates going out. Although you know some I mean? of the ones were good. Like you said, Stranger Things got uh, got left out. I guess the one we'd be rooting for them to win would have been Best Drama. Westworld as well. You could definitely yeah. root for in Best Drama. It went to The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale won a lot. 
And then, yeah, which was definitely one of the big winners, but of the uh, another one. That's one that's ba- it's on Hulu. I'm uh, not sure what it's about exactly. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's about uh, no. It's a show. It's about like kind of like a dystopian future where like I guess like only so many ladies can have babies. I think a dystopian future or China. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but in this case, it's like disease. I think like, oh, only I like they're not allowed to have it's so many just babies. The un- like, it's not just the undesirability yeah, of the. No. Like they're not throwing baby girls off cliffs in this one. They're I got uh, you, I got you. saving all the babies. But that would have beat out Westworld, which mm-hmm. I was uh, kind of. That was my pick. You know, Westworld was a great show. I also kind of thought that the chick from Westworld might win Best uh, Actress in a Drama Series. Evan Rachel Wood. Yes, she did not. I think it went to the chick again from uh, Handsmaid Tale. I guess it was. the I guess the Handmaid. Oh, Peggy Olsen herself. But the chick from Westworld really was an amazing. Uh, she did an amazing job, kind of carrying that show. She was like, yeah. she never blinked once, <laughs> just like a robot. Yeah, she was very robot-like. Yeah. When you found that out, big spoiler alert. She was. She was. But I don't know. There was a couple good awards, like uh, Donald Glover, of course, won a few awards for Atlanta, which I yeah. uh, think is awesome because that's one of those shows that I watch and I was like, oh, I mean, the show is great and weird and fucking like hip hop based and I fucking love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I never ever watched and think like this one could win an Emmy. And this he won over his uh, he won over stiff competition in the like because I felt that the <laughs> like list of comedy like the overall no- comedy nominations mm-hmm. list was a little bit weak. It was like uh, Atlanta, Modern Blackish, Family, I'm sure. Monsters yeah. and Young, uh, yeah, you said Modern Family, Big Bang Theory, all those. But the list of of uh, nominees for the Actor Award was pretty strong. It was like Galifianakis, yeah. Aziz, William H. Macy, Jeffrey Tambor. Mm-hmm. So winning that one was definitely like a uh, kind of a long shot. I would not have think. I don't watch Atlanta, so I was really surprised when Donald Glover yeah, so took was that, that I, one. Yeah, so was I. Atlanta, were, I was surprised that it actually went down that well. Yeah, I was surprised when the just kind of like boring list of countries in this world of great TV shows where it's like known, so known as the golden age of TV shows. When they went through the list of best of like the nominations for the best comedy shows, like really, these are the best comedies? They all seem to be just kind of like very run through. Blackish is really one of the best comedies. The you best. know what I mean? Like, mo- <laughs> it's the best. It's, <laughs> it's uh, the best, Jerry. It's, the, it's like a modern day Cosby. <laughs> I watched the Blackish. But uh, Veep was the winner in that one. Yeah, Veep is, killed like every year. They, yeah, uh, yeah, destroyed. which like every year. I feel like this was last year. We were talking about the same thing with like Julia Louis-Dreyfus mm-hmm. and Veep's like domination of the Emmys. But yeah, no, and she won an award. She won like best female comedian actress. I think I again for the second year. Yeah, I she did again. The whole and the show won like best writing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Other Emmys throughout. Another show that won best writing and won like best show in like their category was uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. One like okay, best yes. writing for like a uh, for the variety variety late, the late night variety show award. exactly and like um, which is always like a you know what I mean such a for whatever reasons we always talk about on the Geek Dev Show but for whatever reason there is such like a heightened sense of importance on the late night show mm-hmm. world. Well, it used to be the Daily those... Show would just like dominate it, you know, like for yeah. years when it was John Stewart would just dominate it. I think the first person that broke it actually was Colbert. I think it was uh, okay. The, the Colbert, Colbert report, report was like the one that finally like, beat out the Daily Show after like, I think it was like six years running or something oh, wow. like that. Because you got to figure SNL has always got to be in there. Yeah, I think they are. But again, like it's always like Daily Show spinoff. There people. was that you know funny what I mean? bit. Colbert that they... came from the Daily Show. John Oliver came from yeah, the Daily yeah, yeah. Show. That's like, true. The Daily Show tree continued. There was that funny Craig bit. Craig Ferguson that they came from the Daily Show, but uh, you know he's not winning any Emmys. <laughs> there was that funny bit they did in the Emmys with uh, Colbert and Kimmel taking shots, talking about how after they it's lost. easier if it's only weekly. Yeah, bit that they do. Yeah, they're doing it five nights a week. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. You don't have to do it one night a week. 
Yeah, which is true. Also, I feel that he really benefits in the fact that he just gets to, like, skewer what's going on in the mm-hmm. world of news and politics. Like, in this day and age, well, even it's then, such, like, an easy assignment for a comedian to go up there and just, like, make hilarious jokes about what a mess the world is. Sure. It's not easier to do <laughs> yeah. that than to, like, sit there and try to talk to the chick from me, myself, and I. Out, you know, like, you could say that he's a little different, though, because, like, he's on HBO, so he doesn't have, like, the sponsors, so he can really say whatever the yeah. fuck he and wants. and there's that, too, like, yeah. He's got the HBO factor. Kind of like Bill Maher, except he's not saying the N-word. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he went a lot. But it's something else. So, like, he commented on this thing. And, like, it was very John Oliver-esque, too. Like, he, like, throughout his show, he does a lot of hashtags and everything. But Chappelle, when Chappelle and Melissa McCarthy went out there, like, presented an award. Like, Chappelle made this hilarious joke about um, the D.C. public schools. Like, I'm going to read this cue card. Shout out to D.C. public schools. And then when John Oliver won his first one, he was like made a point of being like, yeah, I also want to shout out to D.C. public schools because it's so random. Because and then it was just like, white, yeah, so it was just that? like hashtag D.C. public schools. And within like 30 minutes, D.C. hashtag D.C. public schools was just trending. So he's done wonders for the kids in D.C. There's now a laptop in every. <laughs> yeah. Uh... yeah. <laughs> or they've just been mocked by John Rich White, a uh, British guy. On his HBO series, but uh, I guess in further Emmy accolades, just touching on the whole, uh, you know, political side of of comedy or whatnot. But Baldwin as well kind of received. He got an Emmy mm-hmm. for like I think it was like it was an award that I believe was just made up so Baldwin could win the award. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, like that, best right? supporting actor in comedy variety like miniseries or whatever. Yeah, but it was for his role as Trump on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I think that's what the Reward, was, award was called. It was like best actor to dress up as Trump on SNL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was Most me. hilarious Trump character goes to. Yeah, really. But I felt one of the bigger surprises though was the uh, like whatever they call the 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 mini series mm-hmm. category with like Fargo, of course, and uh, Night of Big Little Lies. Yeah, Big Little Lies and Night well. of, which I really thought was uh, so talked about or whatnot that I thought Night of. Yeah, and I loved. The night of, man. I love the night of. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, super good. I watched both shows, and, like, you know, Big Little Lies wasn't necessarily the show for me. It was about, you know, it was a bunch of rich people in a California town. It was a lot like, more um, like the show for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had Liam written all over it. It was very, it was, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was very similar to uh, American Beauty with Kevin Spacey in that aspect of, like, what's going on behind the scenes of, like, okay, these seemingly well-to-do families. But, for uh, sure. The Night Of was about a fucking... But yeah, that was such an amazingly well-done series. Oh, my God. And, such, and like, he kind of won the award. Of different kind. Riz Ahmed won the award for, like, yes. best actor. Yes, he did. I guess no. he won. And he was another one, kind of like Donald Glover. He, like, beat this uh, crazy cast. It was, like, Totoro from Night Of. Yeah, and De Niro exactly. was in some random one. Ewan McGregor from Fargo. Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch from some other one. But Yeah, he beat out, uh, yeah, De Niro playing Bertie Madoff. Going back to one of the earlier geeked up game times, <laughs> where every game was Liam's Bernie Madoff's hidden fortune. <laughs> but no, yeah, he won it. And also, like speaking of Emmy surprises, I was surprised when the announcer brought him up. He's also a rapper. The kid from a uh, Riz Ahmed is from um, from Night of. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me that he's actually some like British rapper. Yeah, or British like Indian rapper. Like, with a name like Riz Ahmed, like how could you not be? <laughs> yeah, you're right. pretty much like. Pressured into being a rapper. Real. Yeah. Emmy for best name. <laughs> Emmy for best name in television goes to Riz, Riz, Riz. Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed. <laughs> but I guess that would um, that was kind of our highlights from the Emmys. Kind of our uh, 
our standouts from the big show. Yeah, that would kind of wrap up wrap up the uh, geeked up Emmys coverage, I'd say. You know, yeah. for the twenty for the sixty ninth. Yeah, for Billy Madison's favorite Emmy uh, <laughs> for Bill and Ted's <laughs> secret Emmy personal favorite. But like I said from the beginning, this is kind of the uh, the TV episode. We talk a lot about movies, so those are the big TV awards. But what about the future of TV, the fall TV previews, let's say? Ooh, yes, the Emmys, the that kind of pays homage to all the TV shows that were in the past year. But the fall kind of starts off all the TV that will be this oh, year. A whole new badge. Whole and new of badge course, shows. I guess I'll start it with just like the big fall TV show I'm excited about is uh, season three of Fuller House is uh, coming out. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, that's uh, not a joke. No, it is Netflix not a joke. Is, when we started this whole thing, I think it was when like season one was ta- was just coming out. Yeah, it the seemed premiere. like a joke back then. But no, they're under their third season of Fuller House, so I guess the characters are keep progressing. I mean, yeah. they, what the fuck is going on? At <laughs> Netflix? I guess you'd first you would figure that it was a whole show that was kind of just like an ironic spoof of nostalgia. Sure, like I, no, get, I guess it's like a full on fucking TV show. Yeah. Full House. I don't like, even think the other ones are in it. Like I think Saget and Stamos and all of those guys. Uh, David Coulier, I don't think they're on it anymore. Cut it out. No Coulier? He's busy. Like, I think they're probably cameo here and there. No, but Coulier's definitely, definitely hanging outside the studio. He like, still is in the so basement. Guys, I'm, uh, <laughs> here in case you need me for anything, I happen to be walking by. Oh, but Fuller House is a good one. Yeah. But uh, I think for me, maybe <laughs> the show topping the uh, list of shows I'm most excited to watch coming up this fall is The Return of uh, Return of One of the Greats. The anticipation's killing me here, <laughs> But it's been a long time waiting. We finally get another season of Curb. Yes. Coming yeah. out. We left it. It's actually, it, it doesn't feel like it, but it's apparently been like uh, six years yeah, it's since crazy. Curb. Yeah, it, it really, really does not feel like that. Because it kind of felt like when the last Curb came out, I guess it was, it felt like a longer wait in between the last time that Curb the came Seinfeld back. The Seinfeld Curb and the New York Curb. Yeah, yeah, and then exactly. came it back. Banged out a couple. Now it's been like already five or six years since Larry was taken off for Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, uh, eating chalupas. To get away from... It's a good fucking chalupa, Larry. It's a good fucking chalupa, Larry. But yeah, he was getting out of going. First of all, he went to L.A. To, he went to New York to get out of doing a charity function in L.A. Yeah. Then he's in New York. Then to get out of doing a charity function in New York. They went to Paris from New York. Yes. Now they're back in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now this season, I think that they're back in L.A., like you said. and uh, It's too bad. Now, I'm hoping the first one starts in Paris. I hope the first episode of the new season is like them still in Paris. <laughs> yeah. They've been kind of hush on uh, giving out too much as to what's going on mm-hmm. in the series, or if there's any kind of explanation to where they've been the last couple of years. I've was reading that they do kind of say within a couple within the first episode or whatnot they'll make clear as to what's been happening in the last couple years and what the plans of this season are it is funny just looking at the trailers though like Larry definitely has like a more older curmudgeonly look to him you know what I mean where he's like really taking on like the Ebenezer Screws look yeah for sure he's just like coming out looking like a angry old crazy man well he is that now you know him and Cheryl aren't together anymore (laughs) he's just alone and old Still probably has Leon, I like to think. Yeah, Leon's going to be back. Jeff's going to be back. Super Dave Osborne's going to be back. All of the, uh, all of the favorites. Richard Lewis, I hope. <laughs> 
Yeah, of course, Richard Lewis. But, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, I mean, I would imagine the episode, the last couple seasons had a very solid direction to them, you know what yeah, I mean? For sure. This one, it seems like it might be more situationally based, classic Herb moments. But I guess there will be kind of like Larry's going to be going on some business venture where he's seeking investors and whatnot that I'm sure is going to klutz it all up mm. unintentionally and hilariously. I smell but, a uh, getting yelled at by Susie and uh, getting thrown out of Ted Danson's <laughs> house. Susie coming. saying the F word for oh, sure. Yeah. But uh, again, a lot of funny guests coming up. Also, like for another thing that you saw in the trailers is it looks like Brian Cranston is going to be a uh, nice. back in, is going to be in this season playing like Larry's uh, psychologist or something. It looks like, oh, but he was in Seinfeld too. He was uh, you know, the dentist, the, the dentist, yeah. the Jujo, Jewish Todd Gack or whatever. Gack, yeah. <laughs> This wasn't my daughter's wedding. I'd knock your teeth out, you anti-dentite bastard. <laughs> but so Brian Cranston, he's going to be playing a major role. Also, Kimmel is going to be uh, nice. Going to be in the season. Lauren Graham and Elizabeth Banks are both going to be. Right. Damon Wayans right. Jr. going to be. There. So lots of classic Curb style cameos and whatnot. And uh, any, uh, Rosie, we got any uh, more Rosie O'Donnell this season? <laughs> No, but there was the uh, one of the trailers. He's yelling at a scene, a, a couple making out outside, and they go, "What? We can't be happy." And he goes, "You can be happy, just not in front of me." Not classic so lots Larry. of classic Larry moments like that classic. going on. So, so really looking forward to that one. Another right. one that I'm really looking forward to, dude. But is HBO's other, hopefully the show on after Curb or before, but the Deuce. The Deuce. <laughs> Starring not one but two James Francos in this yes. show as twin brothers, twin Francos. <laughs> yeah. Even though he basically has a fucking twin-looking brother. I know. I was gonna say, how bad do you feel for? Uh, how much bad must Franco's goofy brother feel? Not yeah. getting the call. Dave Franco's gonna be pretty <laughs> yeah. bummed out right now. Like you know, I have a brother Chad, right? He'd be perfect <laughs> for this role. They're just like, nah. I think we'll just pay you twice as much. We'll be two James. <laughs> yeah, two James. Now this one's get bought like the uh, it's David Chase, of course, from The Wire. And this one's about David like, Simon, right? I'm sorry, you're right, David Simon. Yeah, and this one is, uh, you know, send the seventies, kind of like the birth of the porn industry, but it's in New York. This one, yes. it's basically Times Square. That's what the Deuce comes from, Forty yeah. Second Street, Forty the Deuce. Deuce. It is um, not like it is now, where it's kind of like yeah, Disney this World. This is the uh, like porn theaters and crack dealers all over the place. Actually, before the age of crack, I guess. Yeah, it was uh, porn theaters and heroin dealers all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's got a big cast, you know, Maggie Gyllenhaal, two James Franco, yeah, two James Franco's, Mary, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Method Man, Method Man with a long straight hair, yeah, with a hilarious perm, with a Cat yeah. Williams style perm. And I don't know how yeah. Method Man like has become such a respected actor because I got to be honest, he's one of the biggest Method Man fans in the world. He's not all that great yeah, at acting to like yeah. get all these roles. He was one of those people that would definitely take me out of the wire. It'd be <laughs> like that's not cheese, like that's a Method Man. Yeah, for all sure. All right, we got to like. All right, then we gotta Even go like get this guy. Like, mind fuck of a Luke Cage cameo, which yeah. turned into like, wait, is this real? Like, where he's doing a cameo, but then he's really playing Method Man. But it's like he winds up in everything, and I mean, this is like a. Uh, it also has Sabatka from The Wire too. <laughs> yeah. But this is such a uh, great cast and such like a kind of high level mm-hmm. TV show, and he seems to be playing uh, you know a predominant character or whatnot. Yeah, so. again, he yeah, loves, he loves Method Man, <laughs> he the really hilarious is. Method Man. Yeah, but you're right, the hilarious long haired permed Method Man <laughs> is uh, pretty fantastic. I guess another show then. All right, like you said, the Deuce and. Um, Curve was a good one. And you've said Fuller House. Today. I have said Fuller House, season three. I guess the Tick on Netflix. No, The Tick is actually coming out on uh, Amazon, which All is right, one that's Amazon. really worth talking about. 
But uh, I'm not going to get there yet. Actually, fuck it. I am. The Tick on Amazon <laughs> is actually like, if you remember the cartoon, of course used to be on I Fox. Do. It was based off a comic book. It was just like a total spoof on like the comics. It got unself-aware. In the comics, I guess he was like escaped from a mental facility. He was just this madman in a uh, blue okay, suit. In a blue suit. And the cartoon did something different. But if you remember, they made try to make a live-action Tick before. Yes, with Putty. With David Putty. Was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the Tick. I, uh, <laughs> I'm here to cyber crime now. But uh, it was pretty good. But this one is actually like I watched the pilot. They did like, like Norby's night. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, I watched the Amazon pilot, and it's actually uh, really good. Like it's yeah, same goofy as the Tick, but like a little more like now it's you know it's 2017. We got special effects for sure. And, uh, and I mean, I remember as a kid, it was definitely more of a. It was a cartoon, so I don't know if it was like I. It was it was a kid slanted show. I mean, I was watching it, sure. so I don't know if it was how much of a kid show it was slanted Spoon. towards, you know. But it was definitely a comic with a personality. It was definitely more comedy than like comic book hero. Sure, and I guess uh, randomly know? enough, like I guess enough people liked it that like, this is the second live yeah, action sure. spinoff attempt. Like, what's really going on? Like, just go back to the cartoon yeah, version like, that like we all know tick, and love. But enough, like, enough to like try to make not one but two live action. <laughs> But really, it's bankrupt two production companies here. Like, let's fucking move. But seriously, the other show I was really excited about. We've talked about it before, but it's coming out, and of course, it's uh, Young Sheldon. <laughs> As the winner of the previous uh, geeked up trivia Big Bang Theory challenge, I uh, yeah. couldn't be more excited to not watch this show. <laughs> yeah, it really looks. Not only does it sound terrible, upon further review by looking into the trailers, looks terrible. Because kind of part of the charm of the current Big Bang Theory is that they're like successful scientists, but yeah. like socially awkward and whatnot. They're not into chicks. They're into robots. All this kind of stuff. <laughs> but like, it doesn't really play as much when it's like a nine-year-old that's <laughs> yeah. got. All these same attributes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to really go through the hurdles of being a fucking really weird kid. Yeah, like. yeah. But all joking aside, like one of the shows that I'm actually really excited to come out was because uh, after the Defenders was such kind of like a bust, it was just like leading up to all those Netflix Marvel yeah. shows. Was this really kind of just like a bummer? It pretty really did lame. kind of fall flat. You it know? really did. But the one shining thing from. Um, the second season of Daredevil was John Barenthal, who actually, I forgot to mention, it's his birthday today, too. So, big HPD to John Barenthal. <laughs> but uh, his series now, The Punisher, is coming out yes, on Netflix, which definitely. just looks gritty as fuck and bloody. And, uh, definitely, the definitely. The Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hopefully a rebound from the Defender series in that whole universe. Definitely yeah. an iconic character and a real fun character. Kind of like in a, in a more recognizable character from of the course. Defenders universe. Than the Iron Fist. Like yeah. yeah. Between Jessica Jones and Iron Fist, even Luke Cage. Mm. There's been a lot of like getting to know the the cast of the Defenders. Punisher's one where just like they should have almost started with the Punisher. Yeah, right. And introduced these characters through him. Well, I get Daredevil, but like, yeah. Or, yeah like, I mean, I Punisher was a good way to like start on Daredevil. Yeah, but, yeah, like, for sure. It was uh, it's so good. Like with the Netflix, they can be as bloody and violent as they want, which exactly was the Punisher. Which is. you need to be for a Punisher series. See now, where I thought you were going with your uh, highlight would have been another Netflix show, but of course, season two, Stranger Things. Oh, they got yeah. shut out in the Emmys, but they're coming back this fall. Looking exact for thankfully, looking exactly the same as I was very concerned. 
that the fat Judah Friedlander looking kid was not going to be as uh, yeah, but see, cute he's, and hilarious. He's but. not going to be, dude. Like, he's hit puberty like a fucking ton of bricks. His voice is all like this now. Like, <laughs> is he starting to, I don't know. I'm looking forward to they it. They did, I guess, before we get into season two, there is also news that they have like already agreed to a seasons three and four, oh, and they're trying to bang those out. Very, they're like they're going to record them. Uh, they're going to film like them back together, to back. and they want to do it immediately to prevent any further any further puberty for any of the main characters. Yeah. Hi, I'm Will. <laughs> I'm uh, sick of getting kidnapped. I got the tits on eleven. <laughs> 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 Never saw that coming. Uh, I think I'm going to finger eleven. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, I guess. Or maybe not do four seasons of Stranger Things. Yeah, I kind you know of know what I mean. Little, uh, like, even season two. Luckily, by the trailer, it looks great. And it looks like a very fun sci-fi. In essence, very similar to the first sure, one. Sure, but it has like such a torch to hold up to. Like, had the fun of like, and I think I've said this before, but had the fun of like season one was like the nostalgic '80s kickback and the way they made it. Like that's yeah. kind of like played out now. We know they're going to do it, so now it's going to be like, oh, like, it's sure. just not going to be at least to me. And I hope I'm proved wrong. Yeah, but I just don't think it's going to be as intense as the For first sure. season. It was. also caught everybody by surprise because nobody saw it coming, and all of a sudden it was this thing that everybody was talking. Yeah, about. now it's the super hyped big TV exactly. show. I think it could recover from the hype. So I think it could I. even recover from the '80s nostalgia. I but I don't know it could recover from his honesty. Just like the picking up of a storyline. I felt that what made the show great was kind of through the first half the ambiguous nature of what's going on. Mm. I feel like the kind of the more things got explained, kind of the like a lot of the charm got taken away, and now I feel like they're. You know what I mean? Even just judging by the trailer where they're like, Will's getting brought into an alternate you know, universe and stuff. I just kind of feel like they're forcing the sci-fi world on the show due to exactly, the yeah. more than Do just like telling it? some cool story. Yeah, again, like I think it could have wrapped put it perfectly nicely sure. with a bow on with one season. Because unlike the rest of the world, I don't give a fuck what happened to Barb. Oh, did annoying Barb <laughs> die by a monster? That's it. Story's yeah. fucking over. What is this justice for Barb nonsense? No, for sure, for sure. And I just feel like, you know what I mean? There's not enough there to spin off on that storyline alone. So they're going to have to kind of And you know she's going to be back in it. You know? yeah, and you bitches forget me. I hope evil Barb shows up. Like, evil Barb. Like an episode <laughs> of Rick and Morty. Like, who cares? Not I. I don't care. But about it does Barb. actually look really good. You know what I mean? Oh, it and does. I, I can't like, wait to see it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, maybe even on its own, who knows? I mean, uh, the hype of season one aside or kind of the living up to season one aside, it does look like a very fun sci-fi. The trailer's mm-hmm. got the Thriller song going oh, on. Yeah. It's coming out on Halloween. Yeah, they're in their they're little the Ghostbusters Yeah, costumes. exactly. Yeah. It looks super fun. It's like knowing how good the first season was, knowing the characters, it looks real fun. Yeah, and, uh, ready for the ride, but and I just hope they can create that nature of not knowing what the fuck's going on, which was so important yeah. to the show. Exactly, and that's what I was kind of saying. That's what I hope they kind of do. But I guess like in this element of like sci-fi fantasy kind of shows is uh, another show that's uh, coming out is uh, the Orville with his uh, Seth yes. MacFarlane's new like kind Seth of Seth uh, MacFarlane and John Favreau working on the project. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like they're like Star Trek spoofy kind of spinoff, and yeah, I think it's gonna be great because I feel like everything Seth MacFarlane touches is gold. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Seth MacFarlane, I feel like. When he's as an actor, he kind of takes me out of it. I think it's something. Yeah, he's a weird familiarity with the voice, and then his like uncomfortability on screen. (laughs) Like I hear the voice, and I'm like, oh, I expect hilarious fucking Peter uh, Griffin, exactly. Maybe Ted. And then to see him on screen sometimes, but I do feel that it's a real funny concept for a show, kind of a spoof on Star Trek or whatnot. 
and um, definitely want to give it a look. It's on Fox, mm -hmm. which I feel like the, with the success of HBO shows and Netflix shows, like you said, network TV shows, you're kind of like really on an uphill battle. Yeah, you are. Especially a spacey kind of a Seth MacFarlane show and a spacey kind but of – But look at Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like um, <laughs> that one does pretty good and Chance the Rapper loves him. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess there's always Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. you know. But that's a Fox show that's no, uh, like sure. getting nominated for uh, Emmys all the time. And ironically, another Fox show that I am really looking forward to seeing another kind of Fox show in the space sci-fi world, but Ghosted. Yeah, with okay. uh, Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. I've seen commercials during football. Actually, looks really funny. It does look funny. Kind of looks. Like, first of all, Adam Scott and Craig Robinson are both hilarious, like comedic actors. Mm. You know what I mean? So you could definitely put your trust into them. Yeah, but the then it kind of just looks is... at them as just like un probable intergalactic uh, space fighters, you know what I mean, thrown into this weird bond. So that looks like an actual good one on Fox. That's so another good one. I'm looking forward to that. And I am looking forward to Orville. I just... And speaking of even more shows on Fox, there's The Gifted, which is the okay, uh, yes. X-Men show that's coming out <laughs> this fall on Fox. Which is like kind of like I guess takes place in the same universe as X Men, but doesn't really yeah, take place. It's like other mutants, they're just mutants. Like they make mention in like one of the trailers. They're like, "Well, the X Men and the Brotherhood are all gone now." And it's like, "All right, great." <laughs> just the lame TV. Like, what do you do? My hands glow. All right, <laughs> call you Glowworm. <laughs> But, I mean, I will say it is kind of time that they start getting new mutants out there. Yeah, you know why not I mean? throw like, them out there? They... Why not? Like, instead of, re instead of doing a 15th Joker movie, let's start yeah. creating new bad guys. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, that's a good point. Like, there's a whole world of potential of, like, you know, you create the possibility for X-Men. You can yeah. have more than Wolverine and Cyclops, yeah. you know? Jesus. Like, but really, the way they've done it, just more than Wolverine. Every one is a Wolverine movie. <laughs> But I guess that's it for our fall TV preview. You know, at least uh, it might not have been all of them, but it's the ones that we're the most excited to watch. Yeah, those are know? the ones that we're most excited for. I'm sure we missed a couple, and I'm sure as the fall rolls along, some shows will catch everybody by surprise and become hits. That's right. And some of these shows we've been looking forward to will horribly disappoint us, and we'll <laughs> be on this very show bashing how terrible they are. And really, fingers crossed for you. And I'm looking Sheldon right at you, gifted <laughs> young Sheldon. I'm just really fingers crossed. Oh, that one's going to be terrible. Shit. <laughs> yeah. can, uh... But I guess that would get us in like a little bit of a uh, movie news. And uh, you know, when I say movie news, of course we're talking Star Wars news. <laughs> yeah, it was either that or Avengers. I got no new yeah, Avengers. Avengers news is for on you. off week, so we're we're talking Star Wars. And you'd be asking yourself, what Star Wars news? Of course, it's coming out. Near the Christmas, uh, you know, episode eight, but that's not what we're talking about. We got some episode nine news. Yeah. And apparently that the uh, director of episode nine, Mr. Uh, Colin Trevanov, <laughs> Trevahov, I think he's saying his name wrong, but Colin Trevanov has been uh, let go, I guess, fired, went separate ways. Yeah. Went separate ways, I think, is the way that everybody used to call it creative it. differences. Yes. After the script had apparently been turned down four different times, mm -hmm. they finally decided, you know what, maybe we'll just find some other asshole to write the... And what I think is, uh, you know, he was also the director of Jurassic World with Chris Pratt. I think after the fourth script, they're like, hey, look, asshole, we're not putting Chris Pratt in this fucking movie, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> Stop asking us to do it. Look, like, come on. He's going to would be a great Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not doing it. So they got rid of him, but replace him. Now, there's some fans yay for this, some fans nay for this. But they replaced him with a J.J. Uh, Abrams. Yes, with a very familiar J.J. Abrams, who, of course, directed Star Wars Episode Seven, mm -hmm. Force Awakens, 
which was uh, met for the most part by, you know what I mean, pretty pretty high praise by Star Wars fans. Yeah, we loved it. Check out the Geeked Up uh, debate team with me, Devin, and of course our buddy Dennis Smith, where mm-hmm. we talk about... Uh, the Force the first, we break yeah. it down. The first of many times Dennis has been on here. <laughs> yeah, it's Dennis's debut. But uh, so they're bringing JJ Abrams back, which I think for me the first kind of question here is, what about Rain Johnson, who, who yeah. in the middle of JJ Abrams doing seven and now announced to do nine, there was an episode eight, mm-hmm. which is coming out this December, out this December said, yeah. directed by Rain Johnson. Who has not even really even been brought up in the conversation? Even after Colin Trevenow got uh, you know left the set, he hadn't even been thought of to do it, and there doesn't seem to be any like reason you know conflicting why. Yeah, it's very be, weird. Just and like, Star Wars Episode Nine would definitely be like the uh, a movie that you would prioritize over anything else. So you can't figure that it's like his choice. So I don't know if that kind of gives you. Uh, I don't know if that kind of skews your opinion of Episode Eight coming out. You know what I mean? But. Yeah. I, not to me. I Maybe think they looks just, at how Lucasfilms thinks about it anyway. If they're not looking to get him back into directing, the I don't know. I think it'd be a hard movie to film back to back and also like spur the moment. You know what I mean? Like at least like Abrams got like a resting moment. I'm just like, all right, I did seven. I thought that was it. I time to consider it. I was like, all right, I enjoyed doing it. I'll come back. Yeah. I think of like doing eight and then being like, oh shit, man! Like it's like asking him to work a double shift. <laughs> oh, by the way, man, like do you mind doing nine too? Like, oh, Jesus Christ! No, I <laughs> yeah. don't want to do that at all. I'm, I want to go home. That's true. And Abrams really has been good with, uh, obviously, Episode 7 and then uh, Star Trek before. Like, yeah, his like, direct, Strictly as a director, he's done an amazing job. So there's really no reason to think that that's uh, not a good you know, fit for him. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Franchise. Yeah. No, and he really did like bring that Star Trek-like series back to boot, too. Like, me, like I said, is not a Star Trek fan. Was uh, enjoyed the first two new Star Trek movies. The third one, after J.J. Abrams left for Star Wars, was uh, absolute shit. <laughs> so it's good to see that like he is like a contributing factor to these movies. Yeah, for sure. For so it's sure. good to have him back. So I guess they will delay the uh, start of filming until the summer of uh, 2018. I guess they still plan on having released December of 2019. Mm-hmm. So I guess two years after you know Episode Eight comes out this year. We'll get episode nine in a couple years. That's the plan as of now. It's too but long. I could be dead by then. <laughs> what are you, J- George R.R. R. Martin? <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> but uh, that also can even be held up a little bit more because apparently Paramount, with whom J.J. Abrams is currently under contract for mm-hmm. on the production side of things, is pretty angry with his agreement to uh, sign on with Lucasfilms. So there's been talk that they could maybe even like evoke contractual stuff or sue him or do stuff. Yeah, plus what is this, 1984? The... Who gets in contract disputes with Paramount? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> this is the studio era of film. I'm sorry, folks, Paramount owes me for the next 25 picture exactly. films. Exactly. <laughs> Did you make Star Wars? No, I think his contract apparently like ends in two, like right around that time. But since mm-hmm. Paramount produces all of the stuff, like Cloverfield, like most of his other stuff sure. that he's been famous for has been produced by Paramount, which kind of produces all the stuff. So I think they just don't. Why be... wasn't it a problem with Episode Seven? I think they were mad about it oh. in Episode Seven, and then they maybe that's the reason why they got Rain Johnson to do Episode Eight, even or whatnot. You know what I mean? But they were mad at him for Seven. They thought they'd put that all behind him. They let him do his one Star Wars, but now right, he's doing that out of, You got that out of your system. <laughs> yeah. uh, go back to making these obscure monster movies. <laughs> but, but speaking of obscure monster movies, um, I think it's the other big movie news was uh, It. Yeah. It was like huge takeoff. Everyone's loving it. Not only is it like 
Fans love it, but like critics love it. People love it. It's pulling in yeah. crazy amounts People of cash. People love it to the standpoint where it's just set the all-time record for horror movie box office sales, beating mm-hmm. like The uh, Exorcist from 1973 for like all-time horror movie box office, and it's done that in like its first month of release or yeah. whatever. Where Exorcist back in 1973 was probably in the theaters literally like until 77 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The way that movies ran back then. Yeah. So in its first right. month, it's already <laughs> eclipsed like the. All time, and I mean, even just in, and this is kind of after a summer where it was the summer of total duds. Yeah, really, really like one of the lowest box office, one of the least successful box office years. Boom! Right after that, it. The, yeah, uh, it really came in, just like pulled in the numbers. But if you look back over the summer, like the only really like big hits over the summer were like horror movies. Yeah, like Get Out was a huge hit over the summer. Get Out, the uh, key, the Key and Peele, uh, mm-hmm. non comedy, the the horror debut of Key and Peele. Yeah, I was think just K uh, or Peele. <laughs> no, yeah. K and Peele. No, that was a huge hit, and that was also like another real small budget movie that like totally crushed in the box office. So it was one of like the most lucrative films of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, again by all excess, like met with like real critical acclaim, acclaim or whatnot. It was one of those that came out and looked real good, then he found out that it was Key and Peele directing was real intriguing to me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. I just never wound up seeing it. Now, <laughs> I guess, maybe with the Halloween coming up, I'll put it on the list to maybe illegally stream or whatever. That's but. right. That's half the spooky part, is the uh, <laughs> illegal factor. But another big one was uh, Annabelle Creation, the doll from the Conjuring movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess now, I guess we missed this in our prequel stories last year, but I guess would this yeah. be a prequel? Yeah, sure. Of, uh, it's the, or the origin. The, yeah, origin, the origin story, story of, of this doll. <laughs> Yeah, so we missed that in our origins, but that was uh, just crossed the $100 million threshold. Jeez, $100 million for a movie about a f- spooky <laughs> doll? For, yeah, the uh, when exactly the doll was manufactured in Thailand and how it got so Yeah, spooky, I saw it the but... first time. It was called Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> Is Chucky pulling $100 million? I wonder. Is Annabelle the yeah. new Chucky? And then yet another horror movie. This is all before Halloween, folks. We're talking like a month out of even Halloween being here. Mm-hmm. But then over the summer, there was also Split with uh, starring the dude that looked exactly like Timberlake. <laughs> James McAvoy. <laughs> in uh, in uh, M. Night Shyamalan's latest movie. So you hear Shyamalan. It's 2017. You hear Shyamalan. You're thinking bomb. Yeah. Whoa. You see this guy that looks just like Timberlake. You're thinking bomb. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, nobody tells you that it was the unbreakable sequel 25 yeah. years later. No, it was totally like the twist. That was the uh, M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. <laughs> oh, what a twist. <laughs> But yeah, so apparently it was, and then that one actually was like a big comeback for M. Night Shyamalan. Everybody loved it. Word kind of spread that it had something to do with the, yeah. uh, with Unbreakable, Sans, Bruce Willis, and Samuel. Well, now they're making the third one. They're making a sequel to both Unbreakable and um, Split. It's called, like, Mr. Glass or something. And it's oh. going to be Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and James McAvoy. Oh, and it's going to wrap up all three together. movies. Yeah, oh. which is uh, even more exciting. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I fucking love Unbreakable. Yeah, Unbreakable was great. That was kind of M. Night Shyamalan's, like, last quality work. Yeah, I think if this Sense movie was marketed as an Unbreakable sequel, it would have... Done. It would have done much better. It did great on its own. I think that's the why they kind of wanted to do it. Was the uh, standalone? <laughs> yeah, I think they didn't want to. No, I think you're right. I think that was like the only surprise, the only twist Shyamalan had in store. But already based on the success of this, it they've already talked. They've already agreed to a it sequel as well. Oh, yeah. Now I don't know if the original because I only remember the original it. So I don't know if there was like a sequel to the original It or whatnot. No, it was. It but goes... they've already agreed to a uh, It sequel, and I think maybe even like a, another Pennywise movie. But they've really like 
you know, the the they're really trying to cash in on the box office success of the franchise. And, like, I think we might be seeing, based on the success over the last month, we might be seeing a lot more of Pennywise and It oh, and yeah. creepy clowns in the near future. You well, know? I think the next one shows the kids as, like, adults. Like, how the adult versions handle It. Okay. Or maybe it's not. Now, was that how it was treated with the original? Cause I don't yeah, it was. Remember, it's like, how a, it is in, like, the book and, like, the original movie, Was too. It 2 called It 2? No, it was just part of a TV movie. It was just, like, the second night on ABC was It. Stay tuned tomorrow. Okay, like they, but that was the H. The sure. blockbuster yeah, box yeah, yeah. set was both parts. Was both yeah, exactly? And then the yeah. it that we just that was just released is only the first half first part, of the original. Yeah. Okay, it was I like see. the first tape. That's yeah. why I was These confused. The VHS All right, watch. so now they've agreed on a sequel, but that's just mm-hmm. going to be in essence completing the, the original. Story. Exactly. I gotcha. I see. Because I was confused. Because yeah. I'm going, you can't really make a sequel. You can't do a remake and then make a sequel of it. <laughs> yeah, you know that's pretty I mean? bold. Like, no, they got together, but um, you know, that's not the only uh. Spooky clown news we have here at the Geeked Up Podcast. Because apparently, and kind of, I guess, music. I don't know if you would call this music or <laughs> yeah, just hilarious news. <laughs> but there was a big... I would more, more honestly call it Twitter news. Because if you want to see hilarious pictures... <laughs> sure, yeah. But I guess there was a Juggalo protest march in Washington, D.C. just recently yes. over the weekend, I guess. Held at, literally held at the reflecting pool of the Washington <laughs> Monument. Where oh so long ago Martin Luther King delivered his I Have a Dream speech. Mm-hmm. And Forrest Gump found Jenny. And Forrest Gump found Jenny. Now Shaggy Too Dope <laughs> leads a march of juggalos who are apparently protesting. Now, unfortunately, this protest did have like a real reason behind it. I it guess has, like unquote. legs to stand on. Yeah, yeah, I guess they had. But apparently the juggalos have been like labeled, I guess years ago when they started labeling gangs under some type of gang violence initiative, where like if you're identified as a crypt, you can be held legally responsible for participating in gang. In that whole thing where they were like, all right, Latin Kings, check. Yeah. MS-13, check. Crips, check. All right, throw these juggalo assholes <laughs> in there. So the juggalos got labeled as like serious gang. Oh, and now like best. people that, so there was like Shaggy Too Dope, and it was all these testimonies from people that were claiming to have been been like persecuted in their real life due to their juggalo yeah. uh, affiliation but you know what good <laughs> like wash the stupid makeup on your face yeah. dude like yo man i can barely keep this come on like what jobs are you really what no exactly this what is kind millionaires of, this is really one of those like chicken and the out. egg theories we're just like <laughs> yeah. are you getting persecuted because you're a juggalo or are you very or is the fact that you're a juggalo makes you a very easily persecutable person yeah like watch your stupid face <laughs> and what was shaggy dudo but like you know shaggy dudo was just thrilled to be back in the news <laughs> yeah, this is like right. the thing where it's like i would have figured that the game gangs... where was the other one what was he playing <laughs> i think he day, was there like, too yeah. i just forget his name but i think that uh like the whole, you'd figure that the gang status would drop when nobody fucking bought an CD the last fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you're, you're like it's no longer matters because you still no longer. So have I fans. don't clean my room and then I kill my mom. No, but like, apparently yeah, they've did. made they've continued to make like quasi comedy albums or whatnot. I think at one point a couple years ago, weren't they hosting a Amer- uh, weren't they hosting um movie mystery science theater or some kind of thing? I don't they know. were hosting some type of like talking like like a weird reboot of some funny show. <laughs> I think it was. Name by that the guys. tune, my ninja. <laughs> it was. It was something like that. It was like they were hosting The Price is Right starring Shaggy Tudo and the other <laughs> yeah. fucking douche. But, uh, 
But yeah, so I guess that's. <laughs> I guess that's kind of yeah. I don't even know how to label that in like music news. Or but yeah, like... so I guess in music news, ICP still making albums in hilarious. No- and again, like that, like I said, this would be <laughs> most accurately labeled as Twitter news. If you want to laugh, just like Google this whole scenario and just look at some of the pictures of, these... of the posters <laughs> and signs <laughs> and action that was taking place <laughs> at uh, at the Juggalo March, at the Million Juggalo March. But in real music news, in top, <laughs> top-notch music news, it's finally here, guys. We can finally get our hands on it. The uh, Prophets of Rage album is finally coming out. Yeah, we've taken you every step of the way here <laughs> with Prophets of Rage, from the uh, announcement of their formation <laughs> to the first tour date to everything else that's gone on. Now the release of their uh, debut album, the self-titled Prophets of Rage. Mm-hmm. It's a, a twelve-track all-original music. Now, when they first I, is it all original music? Is it new songs or is it just? Um, yeah, it's all original music. All it's new not songs. all covers. No, no, it's all because mm. when they started What's off. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they started off, that was part of the charm, especially of their live show, was that they were doing all prophets of. Uh, and again, if we just need to fill you in on the prophets of rage, mm-hmm. that's the super group of uh, Rage Against Machine without Zach De La Roca, lead singers Be Real from Cypress Hill and, and Chuck, Chuck D. D from Public Enemy, yeah. All right, yeah. So they were touring under the moniker Prophets of Rage, doing all covers of their various three groups. Uh, Slowly started in the uh, in their inaugural Make America Rage Again tour, yeah, which yeah. kicked off in <laughs> in Cleveland the day of the inauguration. That's so right. It's been politically motivated this whole time and politically charged, and all of the music is very politically motivated and charged. They've got a couple singles out, including a couple videos, one of which, Unfuck the World, is actually directed by Michael Moore. Of music course. videos directed by Michael Moore. And then they've got another uh, Radical Eyes video, which is like a lot of uh, controversial racial-based imagery, Nazi protests, and like, you know, the history of racism and stuff in America in this uh, Radical Eyes video that's been kind of viral and controversial, and they actually have an, and they have another single, "Living on the One Ten, which they performed live on Fallon. Oh, They've got geez. a lot of uh, you know a lot of singles off the album, and it really does sound like pretty good Rage Against Machine backdrop music. If I was like an yeah, angry you, teenager, yeah, exactly. I, they still have the sound. Seventeen year old me would love this for sure. They really do still have like the background Rage Against Machine sound, but then instead of Zach De La Roca screaming, it kicks into the familiar voices yeah. of Be Real and Cypress Hill, uh, Be Real and Chuck D. So it really works. Uh, in terms of a live performance, it's hilarious because yeah. Be Real is, for whatever reason, wearing some type of Arabic headdress, like like the Iron Sheik or Sabu <laughs> or whatever. So he's, for some reason, dressing like a Muslim guy for that's live performances. <laughs> yeah. So that's been hilarious. But by all accounts, the, perf- the, the shows look totally epic because they're, no, still, do- they're still blending tour their tour dates mm-hmm. with assorted covers from each band as well see, as now that's what their original see. hits. Like but. I said, like 17-year-old me would love all this new shit, but 34-year-old me, I, I want to hear I want to get high <laughs> Yeah, with a little like... For sure. Rage background. That is, I, it, I want to get high. Yeah. It, got it. <laughs> that Come is, on. I fear, one of the problems with getting the album. There's not going to be like a like a uh, be real flavored <laughs> album that a be real flavored track that's all about being mellow and getting high. Like yeah. it's yeah. all going to be high powered fucking political rock, but poly rock. Poly rock. Say, but and I guess that's it for. Uh, 
I mean, how could you top that? That is it for music <laughs> yeah, news. For That's real. the end-all, be-all for music the news. Prophets of Rage really are our Star Wars and Game of Thrones of music news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's all a... we do. Prophets of Rage. Prophets of Rage. <laughs> Rules all, end-all, be-all. And that would be it for our music news. But, you know, just like even talking to Prophets of Rage, they're like a rock and roll, hip-hop super group. And I guess just we're talking earlier about Curb coming out, and uh, that's the show we are really most excited about, all joking aside. Yeah. And just like uh, Prophets of Rage, they are like a super group of just super group of just like guest stars and big stars on the show. And yeah. The big stars yet to come in this coming season, but. Reoccurring stars, cameo stars, regular stars. Yeah, you know, but it got me and Liam thinking, like, obviously Larry's the best guy in the show, but like. All the other like side cameo characters that have been on there is just like, man, we should take a closer look at these guys. Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope, then the microscope. All of the other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close. Take a closer look, closer look. Closer look. Oh, yeah. Andre Dobbs. That's funny, man. I couldn't actually hear the music that time. I could only hear the lyrics, and it's uh, almost better that way. <laughs> but anyway, big shout out to uh, what's an episode of Geeked Up Podcast. Without a shout out to Andre Dobbs. <laughs> Andre Dobbs, y'all. SoundCloud.com backslash Andre Dobby. But of course, like we were saying, as Neilim and I. Talked about the show before, i.e. Game Time Lex Luthor being uh, Larry David. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Make sure to vote for Game Time Episode 21. <laughs> Could Larry David be the best Lex Luthor origin story? We uh, like to think uh, so. Casting <laughs> choice. <laughs> but, um, so like I said, we're obviously big fans of Larry David. We're big fans of the show. But, uh, you know, I guess people that need a little more attention than just Larry, other egotistical maniacs, would be some of the great cameos on the show. Yeah, cameos and kind of like, because there's a difference between an incurbious enthusiasm, there's lots of cameos, and then there's also like reoccurring guests and whatnot, but that's definitely kind of one of the cool things about Curbed Enthusiasm is that feeling since it's la- like it's a real Larry's real life, mm-hmm. Larry's a real life celebrity, so like celebrity encounters or encounters with real life celebrities seemingly pretty natural mm-hmm. and whatnot. Then there's also a lot of times where celebrities will make cameos not Play, as yeah. themselves, you know what I mean, like as an actor. And then there's lots of times what Kirby Enthusiasm, I think, does another thing great with their season-long story arcs where they'll include big stars as main players for a mm-hmm. season story arc, which I think is where I'll start off with my celebrity cameo. Okay. But i got to say the entire Seinfeld reunion season. I'm using all of them. <laughs> I'm the using whole, all of them. The I mean, they're all made cameos. Like you said, except for Newman, like you pointed out, except yeah. for Newman. Newman they were all there. <laughs> yeah, except for old Newman. But I guess Wayne, in that season in particular, yeah, you're right. Like, Jerry, like, I think that was like the first time. The only other time you saw Jerry in an episode was uh, the producer season, when they finally, Larry finally does the producers, and you see Jerry in the audience, like, making a face. Like, oh. You know what? You're right. I totally forgot about that. But you're right. Jerry wasn't that. Yeah. And Be- then that, but you know, he doesn't say anything. But the only time yeah. you ever actually see him, like, talking in an episode is the Seinfeld season. For sure. For sure. Which the Seinfeld season in general was uh, such a cool concept, such mm-hmm. a great idea for a season, like, you know what I mean? And, and the, the whole way reason they're act- doing it, too, is so Larry-esque. He's trying to get Cheryl Yeah, back. trying to impress Cheryl and, like, <laughs> it's like a very conniving, you know, you know what, I'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah. He has the flashback in his head of, like, him bossing around people on set and <laughs> Cheryl being impressed. 
<laughs> yeah. But that was a brilliant... Uh, because Jason Alexander and Julie Louise Dreyfus have been in other episodes yes. before. Again, cameos themselves, but... For sure. There was the whole back and forth of which office they were going to meet at for the show that Larry was trying to do with Jason. Yeah. Well, there was that whole season story arc where Larry was trying to get his like writing career started yeah. after he took a job as a used cars as a car <laughs> yeah. salesman. <laughs> yeah. He starts getting back into the writing work, and that was kind of one of those cool like glimpses into Larry's life. Even in the early season, remember, he calls up Julia Larry Dreyfus in the first season. Because the Wire. The Wire oh gets. Oh my god! One yeah, of the, the guy has like a huge crush on Julia, so he has to call her. Oh, and sorry, we missed her. Can you? Uh, she come back another yeah. time? <laughs> so it's that kind of like cool insight as to like, oh, he's playing a guy. He's friends with the guys from Seinfeld. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Another character, I guess, that uh, cameos all the time. I guess he wouldn't be a cameo because he's on the show a lot. But again, he's a celebrity playing himself, and he's one of my favorites because you never really know what you're going to get with him. But uh, Richard Lewis. Richard it's Lewis, yes. Like, uh, this is the most special girl of all the time. I'm an ex-alcoholic. Of all the special girls, this was the most special. Even again in the first season, wasn't that one of the first the first episode? I think where Larry has the pants tent. Yeah. Wasn't he like rubbing legs with like Richard Lewis's girlfriend or something I think it like might that? Have been, yeah. Or maybe it was one of Cheryl's friends. But I think, I think he was in like one of the first episodes. And again, kind of one of those nods to like his real world friends. But I think with him, he's also kind of one of those guys that has become a re- reoccurring cast member in mm-hmm. essence, where he's like part of the crew as somebody that's in Larry's life. He's actually the one that comes and gets Larry fired from his car salesman yeah, job. That's right. <laughs> by I was in the middle of a sale. You're in the middle of the sale. What are you, <laughs> Willie fucking Loman? <laughs> a great Richard Lewis line. And I guess the mesh of both worlds during the Seinfeld cameo and the Richard Lewis cameo where neither Larry or Jerry will move over to let Richard Lewis sit yeah. down. Well, he's your friend. <laughs> yeah, he's your friend. <laughs> he just storms off and leaves. <laughs> Other two great characters like that that have become part of Larry's uh, friend group is uh, one, one is a hilarious one that I think just by popular demand, J.B. Smoove, oh, who I guess God. at this point isn't even on there as he kind of doesn't even fit because like, he just is an actor is playing character. the character, yeah, yeah. you know what He's I mean? Playing, yeah. So I guess he doesn't even really fit, but uh, Super Dave Osborne, <laughs> whatever his real name is, but Marty Funkheiser, like early in the season, early in the uh, series, he got intervu- introduced as one of Larry's friends, yeah. and now he's always coming up, whether he was the guy at the Dodgers game that was there with like his dad, he didn't want to let Larry <laughs> sit in the seat because it was in honor of his dad. Your dad's dead, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm sorry about the whole golf club thing at the funeral. Oh, yeah, he robs (laughs) his uh, his dad golf club back. And speaking of the Funkhousers, though, another great cameo would be Catherine O'Hara, who is the mom from Home Alone. But in this, she plays... Funkhauser's mentally handicapped sister, Bam Bam, <laughs> yeah, that Bam Jeff Bam. has sex with. <laughs> so they have to uh, lie about Jeff not having sex with her and ends up getting her sent back to the mental institution. <laughs> you know, she's totally telling the truth. That's not what Jeff said last <laughs> That's night. That's not what Jeff said. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, that, sorry. Her testimony can't be held accountable. She's uh, <laughs> mentally unstable. I guess rounding out like the friend group, this one not really one of Larry's friends, but one of Cheryl's friends. But Wanda has kind of carved herself out as a reoccurring cast member in the life of Larry David. Yes. You know, dating back from, I'd know that tush anywhere. I'd know that tush anywhere. Watching out on the ground, scrubbing, looking for asses. <laughs> oh, look who it is, Mr. Assy McGee. <laughs> <laughs> 
But now she's always putting her foot in the mouth fucking. Well, uh, and then there's the episode where she was trying to get Larry to write this. <laughs> what did you tell him I'm black? No, I didn't tell him. You don't know when to use the race car, Larry. <laughs> White people love to be doing things for the black man. It makes them feel good, Larry. <laughs> you go in there, you tell him I'm black. But speaking of Wanda, I guess another great cameo would be by uh, an actor called Chris Williams, who used to be on uh, Mad TV. And you might not know him as Chris Williams, but the character he cameoed on uh, Curb was a uh, crazy-eyed killer. Oh, wow, nice. Yes. Dude, One of the f- best, <laughs> like, yeah, that was... Larry, I know you up there. I hear you fucking popping that bubble wrap. <laughs> 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 you my Caucasian? Yeah, well, I'm your Caucasian. <laughs> you see, you might want to switch the second nigga with bitch <laughs> yeah. because it's a term of disrespect, right? You know what, Larry? You're right, man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just throw that shit on the floor. <laughs> you know what that Snickers bar? Just throw that shit on the floor. <laughs> yes, Crazy Eyed Killer was a great one. That was one of the great... Uh, there, that was one of the great characters. Another one of the great characters played by a cameo in a role of a guy not playing himself, but Rob Corddry's role <laughs> as the child molester that accidentally gets invited over for Seder dinner. <laughs> you don't know if he's necessarily a child molester. He's just a sex offender. He's a sex yeah, offender, yes, yeah, whatever. He's the yeah. sex offender that accidentally gets invited up. You invited it was just leading to the hilarious. You invited a sex offender over for <laughs> Seder dinner? <laughs> And I think actually Larry didn't even accidentally do it. I think no, he, he knew he purpose. was a sex yeah, offender, no, but he could help him with his golf game. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, he's a golf pro and he loves Seinfeld. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ended up loving the guy. <laughs> um, another, okay, another great one. Another cameo playing himself. Another actor playing himself. And I guess I think he was at Ted Danson's party. But uh, Christian Slater taking too much oh, caviar. Oh, nice. Yes, <laughs> taking too much caviar. <laughs> yes. Please, fucking caviar, please, <laughs> Larry. Take a scoop. You have a bite. You go back around. <laughs> and there's enough left. You come back in yeah. seconds. <laughs> what are you, the fucking guy? Yeah, Another great. Then she uh, dances. wife calls Larry on. What are you taking so much caviar? It wasn't me. It was Slater. <laughs> it was Slater. <laughs> and then he's like, what's you fucking ratting me out earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Another great cameo is a guy playing himself, but Shaq, when Sha- when oh, Larry tripped Shaq. One leading- of my favorite episodes of all time. Yeah, definitely, where Larry's now the scourge of L.A., and he just totally loves it. Yeah, nobody He's walking around, skipping around. <laughs> uh, mocha coffee bullshit for everybody. Yeah, yeah one of those uh, vanilla bullshit things. <laughs> oh, what an idea, coffee and milk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and just loves it. Let me guess, you don't want me to write the letter anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, something came up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't like this, Larry. This shit leaves the coffee place. I guess back to, uh, for me, back to guys, back to Larry. You don't uh, say goodbye. <laughs> That's the same. I guess back to uh, another group that we missed before, like you jumping back to a group that we talked about, but playing themselves in a story season story arc but the whole mel brooks directing the producer oh my God. with then with schwimmer and with stiller but yes. more importantly that was really schwimmer stealing the scene and his like return to the spotlight well yeah because ben stiller leaves the show because he hates him so much because he gets in the car his car break can't get in the lot and he gets in the back seat with stiller and he drops yeah, his wife yeah. somewhere, and he's like, all right, get it, go ahead and get in the front. No, I'm good, man. <laughs> it's a two-minute drive. Oh, I didn't read the rules of the car before I got in. Yeah, so then he's an answer. So then they get Schwimmer, who really steals the show by being hilarious. First of all, Larry offends him by uh, telling him that his dad needs to, <laughs> yeah, needs to put more raisins in the trail mix. I think it's all raisins. It's all <laughs> it's raisins. All, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it should really be called raisin nut. <laughs> you really, people are gonna be. You know what? You give them called raisin nut. Then when they get the nuts, they're happy with, as opposed to being disappointed. <laughs> But then, yeah, then uh, Schwimmer's throwing the party. <laughs> He's yeah. totally snubbing Larry. <laughs> yeah, dude, no one. No one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's a great Just totally too, disgusting. Like Mel Brooks doing the producer's thing and then doing a producer's in itself. Yes. Of just thinking Larry's going to bomb the whole <laughs> yeah. show. Another that's great episode, and that one actually, to bring up somebody that was uh, not playing themselves, but a weird cameo. It's not even a cameo because they're not a star, but a great episode was the one where uh, Larry hooks the piano player, the the blind piano player. Mm -hmm. And one of the great episodes, the guy that the blind guy that only, that refuses to date only the hot chicks yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. the most shallow. Well, I think true beauty comes in inside. Well, that doesn't work for you either. Yeah. You're one of the most shallow people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> But then he hooks him up with some lady wearing a turban because it's a perfect fit because then nobody can see. Yeah, nobody Because the blind goes, isn't it tough? Nobody yeah. gets to see. Everybody else gets to see what my girlfriend looks So he hooks him up with a girl in a turban who is actually played by Moon Zappa, Frank Zappa's daughter. Jesus. <laughs> Who'd have guessed? You know, I would have never ever known. known. But Haboose was played by Haboose? Moon Zappa. And oh, that no was problem, Larry. <laughs> I'm going on a date with two handsome men. <laughs> but that was a, a great season. Uh, all in oh, all, yeah. with the well, with Larry just botching the producers a and learning how to random, dance. Super uh, random cameo, I guess. Going back to the producers of it though, is uh, the night before the show, and the guy that like wishes him a hex outside, who was like, "Oh, like fail, fail," is a uh, Stephen Colbert. Just oh, that's right. Like just booze heckles Larry. Yes. Before. Yeah, I hope you fail, fail, fail. fail. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly Stephen Colbert, like his family, for no reason. I think at that point Colbert was maybe just not known. Yeah, known enough. So he worked with uh, Mel Brooks and the producers. Another great director that he worked with in a cameo role. But remember when Larry got hired by Scorsese <laughs> yes. to play a bad guy? Yeah. I had call yesterday. <laughs> I had call. <laughs> and he starts coughing up Cheryl's pube. <laughs> that was the fucking best. He's, go he's telling uh, Marty. He goes, why don't I hold this guy? How about he goes back and we hold his testicles up. With <laughs> he, goes, he holds his testicles up in a bag. Dude, another great I don't think testicles will read, Larry. Oh, they'll read. <laughs> oh, they'll read. <laughs> Another great character, though, and I guess he's reoccurring. He's not playing himself, but is uh, Shelley Berman, who's like an older like, comedian actor, but he plays Nat David, which is Larry's dad. Oh, okay, dad, Larry's dad. Which is one of the all-time best characters. <laughs> when he gets his old man a happy ending. Oh, the thing yeah, she did the for thing me. She did for, or I'm when he gets love. her high. When he gets her high and he's talking to the prostitute. Oh, she's a hooker. She's a, oh, she's a hooker. That's Ebonics. What is that? That's Yiddish. <laughs> but I guess that'd be it for our uh, favorite Curb cameos. Um, of course, email us into geekeduppodcast at gmail.com if we forgot any, like Bill Buckner or Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox. <laughs> plenty. So there's plenty to pick from. So, of course, email us in. Listen to us in all of our outlets on SoundCloud, on Facebook, on iTunes. I'm Devin. That's Liam. And remember, if you're not working tomorrow... Why don't you go ahead and get geeked up? Yeah. Hey! Ooh, baby. It's time to get geeked up. Hey. It's time to get geeked up to stand up. Comics telling you what's up. And movies yeah. and TV. I know you could feel me. Come Music, games, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech. Stuff you 
ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show to sing. We always got a different game. We always got a different game. Hey, hey, time to get geeked up. Hashtag DC Public Schools.